Welcome to Watershed's July podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm a cinema curator here at Watershed. I've recently been reading Creativity Inc, the inside story on Pixar, the company which created the Toy Story films, amongst many other hugely successful digital animation features. The book's written by co-founder Ed Catmull. It's to be recommended as a first-hand insight into how you navigate and balance making creative work and running a commercially viable company. For me, it brings into focus in interesting and intriguing ways the nature and context of creativity. However, one of the missing crucial questions is, how do you get that creative object, in this case the film, in front of an audience? Pixar, and Toy Story in particular, made it through a deal with Disney, a major commercial company which had access to huge marketing budgets and cinemas. Having said that, you need the product to sell, and Toy Story was one hell of a story. But it's interesting that connection across the making, the selling and the audience. Let's face it, you can sell anything given a significant marketing budget, but you do need, do you not, an authentic product that you are selling. Again, Toy Story and its subsequent incarnations had exceptional creative storytelling and filmmaking pedigree to sell and win an audience. Reading this story of Pixar behind the scenes brought to the fore for me the alchemic mix of focused creative visionary leadership which backs and provides the environment for such creativity to take place, which is inspiring to read about in the film business, as it is so easy to focus on the business side rather than the film side of that term. And it is all too easy to separate out the production of films, the distribution of films and the showing of films. Which one do you know about and which one do you care about? I'd be interested to know as a straw poll. However, at all stages in this siloed process, people care about the product. When films are getting made, the creative team should be passionate about what they're making. When the film gets handed onto or bought by the distributor, they in turn care about the film as they want audiences to see it. And when it's passed on to the exhibitor, they should care about the content and the quality of the film and communicate that to the audience. All these elements in the film industry are separated out for the purpose of bringing the expertise behind each area to do their job. For example, you wouldn't want a producer picking films to show in a cinema or an exhibitor making a film. Or would you? The model outlined is one which evolved in the classic Henry Ford manufacturing operation. Each part in the process has its function and place. To produce the maximum amount of products with the maximum efficiency, your function and place is essential. But remember, the first car off the assembly line would be the exact same as the next, and indeed the last off the assembly line. The product in the film business is the exact opposite. It's always different. The film business's solution to that problem is the franchise. The audience liked that film, so let's try and replicate with another with similar qualities. The interesting issue for me with the film business is that we are at once part of, yet completely distinct from an industrialised process. Part of it, as outlined before. We are distinct because we are engaging with a creative and artistic community and promoting talent in all its authentic distinctiveness and authenticity. 
It is through this prism that I've been thinking about Richard Linklater's latest film, Boyhood. A film which on paper, as a proposition, would get what kind of support from this industrialised model. Here is the pitch. Let's make a film over 12 years which charts the growth of a boy from childhood to late teens. We're not going to get actors to play the various stages of our main character though, but rather film it for real over a 12 year period with the same actor and cast. This requires not an investment in the normal filmmaking trajectory, but rather an investment in a creative proposition and process. The results, by the way, are sublime. Boyhood is an extraordinary experience where over the period of 160 minutes, you share and feel the growing pains and pleasures of Mason from age six to 18. Linklater has carved himself a creative reputation with his Before Sunrise trilogy, which charted the heartfelt and raw nuances of Jess and Celine's relationship, from infectious falling in love to battling marriage over three films. Sequels, you might say, in a franchise model. However, unlike, say, Die Hard, where Bruce Willis getting on a bit doesn't factor much in the plot. In the Before trilogy, it's precisely this development of the characters and the relationship which is the plot. What Linklater has done in Boyhood is condense the epic story that is the transition from childhood to adulthood into a beautiful and engaging film, which will be in the critics' end-of-year top ten. Boyhood opens on Friday the 11th of July. Elsewhere this month, there's a rare opportunity to discover some highlights from a century of Chinese cinema. China's film history is one of the least known, or certainly the least seen, world film cultures. This is extraordinary when you think about the size of the country and also the fact that China is predicted to be the leading box office territory in the next decade, leapfrogging America's long-standing spot at number one. But it's not extraordinary when you consider the politics of China. This season, which has been made possible through a partnership between the Toronto Film Festival, British Film Institute and the Chinese Film Archive, brings a selection of work from the silent era through the influential films from the 40s and 50s, such as Spring in a Small Town, to the more well-known fifth-generation work of Chen Kai-gei and Zhang Yimou, and will screen throughout the month, affording a fascinating insight into the richness and history of Chinese film culture. For more information on the titles and the rest of the film's screening in July, then visit the Watershed website at watershed.co.uk. That's all for this month.